Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the 8020 series. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm Daniel. And on this series, we break down the 20 factor the motivation that drives a person to do what they love to do. So while we are exploring our 20 factors, you know, let's take it all the way back to college days because I feel like that was a very pivotal moment for both of us. Would you say what you did in college set you up to where you are today, Daniel? To answer your question straightforward, no. (laughs) Wait, okay, let's go back again. What did you do in college exactly? Well, I was a business econ major. Uh Uh-huh. And I think a good place to start is to tell you what I was planning on doing once I graduated versus where I'm at now. Yeah. But even that, it changed a lot. And so, you know, when I was in college, sophomore year, I was thinking about or heavily considering going into investment banking, actually. And that was because I got an internship at a private equity firm in Irvine. It was called Pathway Capital Management. And um, I think for that career, I was more um, drawn to it because of the reputation and the idea of being an investment banker on the East Coast. You know, obviously, when you think about iBanking. Yeah, yeah, I see. You think about, oh, wow, you know, they're like these ruthless business people who are grinding 24 seven, you know, making a lot of money in the busy streets of New York and getting the job done. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. if I can cut you off there. Sure. Like as, as a kid, was that something you aspired to be? Like, did you know you wanted to do that or that was, no, I didn't. And that kind of just <laughs> popped up in my head because that was the internship I got Oh, and it was at okay. a private equity firm. Gotcha. And then, you know, obviously as I'm interning there, I'm looking into more of like that industry. And then you see at your company, the cars that some of the people you're working for drive, Mm -hmm. the way they dress, the way they carry themselves. And there's something about it where like the aura of these investment bankers, it was kind of appealing to me. And so I was like, man, maybe this is what I want to do. Gotcha. Yeah. And like for me, usually when there's something I want to do, I first, before I commit to it, I try to find out as much as I can about that industry or whatever topic it is. And so the first thing I did was I reached out and I was able to connect with an Asian guy who was actually a director in New York working at UBS. So I, I, I felt like you put an emphasis on Asian. Is there not a lot of Asian uh, characters? I mean, I don't know how to answer that. Maybe there is now, but I just said Asian because... Uh, in terms of the story, it's relevant to me because I'm Asian. Yeah. Oh. And so I think with where we are at now, it's really cool to see that you were inspired because there was someone that was kind of like, uh, a- like of Asian representation for you. Like I know, like when we're watching TVs and like, there's not, there's like no Asian superhero. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Sorry. And, side tangent. No, 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 no. That, that's important. Um, I mean, he just happened to be Asian too, right? I didn't really know too many people in my network uh, who were doing investment banking. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of just happened that he was Korean as well, a Korean American. And so I flew to New York because Mm -hmm. at the time my brother, again, he was uh, studying med school at NYU. Oh, okay. And so it's interesting how all these little journeys, you know, it's always when I visit my brother. (laughs) But anyway, so I went, long story short, uh, he had a busy schedule. I said, hey, if you don't mind, I'd love to grab coffee with you. And so he said, meet me at this uh, coffee shop at this time. And so I went and then I literally remember just sitting down with them. I'm like, hey, man, I'm really at a crossroad. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Can you just lay it all on me? Like, tell me the good, the bad, the ugly of investment banking. 
you know? And mm-hmm. so, you know, we sat there for about 30 minutes and he was just telling me a lot of good information. And I think after that conversation, it made me realize, man, maybe this isn't necessarily what I want to do. And it oh, was more like I explained to you in the past. Maybe I was just uh, enamored by the idea of being an investment banker. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So after that came back and I was like, man, maybe investment banking isn't really for me. And so that's when I started looking for other jobs, uh, looking for other internships. And then I went to Broadcom. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. So I guess the point of that story, sorry, it was a tangent, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So in college, I was kind of trying to figure that out. And so after being in, you know, the whole investment banking field, I did start an internship at Broadcom. And then when I was at Broadcom, I was working there and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I think at that point too, I still didn't really know, but I only knew one thing if I, because I remember my parents asked me, they're like, what do you, where do you want to be once you graduate? And I remember I told them like, I had a specific idea in my head where I said, I want to be in an office in a tall building (laughs) overlooking the freeway and looking at the sunset. Gotcha. And that was pretty much all I could tell them. (laughs) And the reason why I said that is because in Irvine, as you're driving on the freeway, you see Hyundai Capital, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, man, if I could have an office that's like on the top floor and I could just see that, I feel like that would be so freaking cool. Gotcha, yeah. And so that's kind of like what I thought I wanted to do. Again, I didn't really know. I think half of it is like thinking you know what you want to do, but the other half is like where are the opportunities. Right. And so, yeah, it kind of changed over time. And then now, I mean, I did, I work corporate, but then I left the corporate scene and then I decided to just pursue my own businesses. Gotcha. I see. So when you say pursue your own businesses, like how did that spring up? Like what, like what was the uh, factor for that? Well, that one was a decision I made um, as I was working at Broadcom and that stemmed from me just working corporate for about a year and a half. And I was like, man, do I really want to spend the rest of my 20s doing this? Gotcha. I see. Yeah. Like working for somebody else. And I think I was conflicted for a while, but it's scary, you know, to make that jump. And so I think I knew the answer, but it took me a while to really fully commit uh-huh. And then finally I did. And that's when I just said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to move to downtown LA, immerse myself into that culture in the fashion yep. game and see what happens with Winners Collective. Gotcha. Dang, that's wild. It's so crazy to see like how that journey takes you apart and really pushes you like out of your comfort zones at some points. Because like basically I know personally, like after you left Broadcom, it was literally do or die. Like there, there is no income right now. You have to do this or nothing's going to happen. I think for me personally, so when I got into college, I was actually inspired by my own pediatrician. Long story short, this is definitely another story, but he saved my life literally because I had typhoid fever. Long story short now, he cured it. I was, wow. he, like, I was so inspired by that, by his like just vast knowledge and his like ability to just take care of me essentially. And I think one of the biggest reasons of why he was an inspiration to me, his name was uh, Dr. Nord Nation, rest in peace. One of the biggest inspiration, one of the biggest reasons of why he was such an inspiration to me was because I was just sick all the time, all the time. I would always be in his office almost every other week. I, I That's not something to be proud of, but kind of like you where you're in that environment like I was just always around my doctor I just thought it was so cool that like I would go see this man and he would always have 
all the answer. Yeah. <laughs> like my mom would always be freaking out and he would literally be able to like diagnose me and tell me like, this is what's wrong with him. No, it's not like we don't need any more antibiotics. It turns out this kid just has asthma. You need to find an asthma specialist. Here's a referral. But right. it was really cool to just have that peace of mind. And then to see him do that and replicate that with all of these other children too. Like I was like, dude, I want to be that. Like to me, like that is like, like that is the closest you can become to being a physical hero. Like you are literally saving lives. Right. So that's what I went into college with the idea of like, I want to go on and become a pediatrician and save lives, help lives and better lives. And turns out when like bio one, two hit and I got a C, I was like, <laughs> maybe I'm not cut out to do this. Bro, bro. It's okay. You know why? You know, I know this podcast has a, a history of us sharing our failures, but <laughs> I mean, I, I took earth system science, bro. I think I did. I think I might've got like a B minus or a C on that, bro. And that's the class that everyone says. That's the free you one. You got to take it. Cause it's a freebie. And I was like, motherfuckers, this is not a freebie, bro. This was hard. And so, you know, <laughs> so I, I know how you feel pretty Dude, much. Dude, yeah, it's as a wake up call. And then chemistry one, two, I was like, fuck. <laughs> Equally Dude. harder or what? Yeah. And then like right after that, you know, you survive. Oh, Ken. Fuck. Damn. Oh, one, two. It's just like, Dude, maybe I'm not cut out for this world. And it kind of sucks that it's like you kind of come in with this vision of what you want to be. But as right. you go through the motions, you learn like, dude, maybe this is not quite for me yeah. like if i have to survive do this i think that's the key word right there survive i was trying to survive and i was not thriving in that field and that made me feel like this is not for me right right so, like after i exited college it was like kind of like my do or die moment and i just really had to figure out what i wanted to do the next steps where to go from here and i think it's kind of funny like in our previous podcast with ian too like it was at this very moment where we're just kind of both at rock bottom. Our parents are all looking at us where mm. they're like, dude, what are you doing? You've got nothing going on. Like right. I can say that for myself, like my mom and my dad, like they would just worry about me because tuition, tuition's not free. Like it's, it's a pretty penny and like they've invested all of this into their child. And all of a sudden, like we leave this entity and we're like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> like that's yeah. so, it's so embarrassing to say that to like your mom and dad, at least for me, like how I feel. But at the same time, it kind of like lights this fire under your butt. Like, dude, there's no safety net. Right. What do I do now? And will I love doing this? Or is this something that I just have to do for like the next five, 10 years? Or am I just stuck here, you know? Right, right. And that's a crazy thing. Isn't it so interesting how life kind of plays out like that? It's you can have an idea of something you want to do mm -hmm. and a general path that you want to follow. Right. But chances are that that path might not be the right path for you. That path is not the path that you're going to take. And what I mean by that is, so when I was at Broadcom 2, I mm -hmm. did have the fortunate, very rare, unique chance of kind of fulfilling half of what my vision goal was of being in that office looking out. And the oh, reason, yeah. so why I say this, because I started off in a position that was not entry level. And because mm -hmm. of that, I received the benefits of not being entry level. And so the office I got was actually an office I shared with an assistant to, uh, it was like an executive, uh -huh. but the office had a 
big glass window. Ooh. And instead of the freeway, I was overlooking the uh, the toll roads. And so I did get to experience that like 6.30 sunset looking out the window. And I, like I you promise were like you. on top of the world, right? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like a okay, high wait, story building. Yeah, paint that picture. Yeah, so I'll paint it for you right here. So imagine being a new grad, right? Uh-huh. You know, you're unwinding after a long day of work. Mm-hmm. It's about 6 p.m. And you kind of just sigh and sit back on that nice, comfy office chair. Ooh. I could turn around and look through this glass window and see the border between Irvine and Newport Beach. And you see the toll road. Damn. And then you see the sun setting. It's like this orange blue sky. And you're literally just looking out there, reminiscing the entire day you know, where you, where you're at currently in life and just everything in between. And I never took it for granted, bro. I, I loved it. Yeah. And like, every time I looked out, I was kind of just like, damn, it's kind of crazy that I was lucky enough to experience this because, yeah, I mean, that was not because I was a fucking superstar or anything. It was literally just because I was able to put myself in a position where I didn't get a uh, entry level. It was yeah. an experienced position. Mm-hmm. The guy who left before me left that office open and so they said okay let's give it to daniel Mm -hmm. you just put your best foot forward and exactly just kept doing that and that's you know it almost sounds like you hit the finish line right there so i can totally understand when you say like yeah i like fulfilled half of my envisioned goals right like and so it's crazy because when i was there though i still did not think that that was where i was supposed to be really so like what was that feeling like well because when you're there, you know, obviously that goal is more so um, a surface level goal. It's like that feeling of, you know, being in that environment. But when it comes down to the actual work itself and looking internally at, man, is this really what you want to do for the rest of your life? That's kind of where, you know, things change. And that's what prompted me to say, man, I don't want to work for anybody. I really don't. You know, I want to start something that's my own and try to gamble and, and do something because, if I don't do it now, I'm going to look back and regret it. And mm. this goes back to what you say, where when you make that decision, you don't really have anything else to lose at that point because you already left security. You know, yeah. you already left a, a good paying job. Right. And then you go into this dark abyss and it's really do or die, like you said. So, I mean, I just wanted to share that and share how like, isn't it weird how you might think that you want to go in one direction but you go in a completely different one or you go in that direction and then you get there, but you realize, man, maybe this wasn't the right path for me. Yeah. It's so interesting to see how all of that plays out. And I feel like in the moment you can't really say if this is going to be like the right or the wrong path. It's it's until it's all said and done. You can look back and be like, yeah, yeah, that was a good move or, oh man, that was bad. But I feel like for me personally, at least with most of those decisions, when I look back, if it was a bad move, I would want to be able to at least say like, at least I tried. Mm-hmm. That's like just for me personally, because right. I definitely have those moments where I go through things and an opportunity pops up and it's just like, can I live with this or can I live without have trying it? And right. it's so, so hard. So a good example is uh, you guys now know that I've went to school, I did all the sciences and stuff. And one of the careers that I just uh, put my best foot forward in is acting. And with acting, it was just like this random guy reached out to me. Long story short, he is now my manager, became my manager. And he just asked me, hey, would you be interested in a career in acting? And at that point in time, this was like maybe 20, 
2016, 2017 or something. Like I was super involved in social media. It was not as big as it is today, but in my mind, like I was putting myself on YouTube, doing all these videos in front of the camera. Like that's something I'm so familiar with now. And when he brought up that question and entertained the idea in my heart, I was like, this is something that I cannot live without having known. Like I've tried it. Like I, I feel like I would be kicking myself in the foot. Like if I was 50 years old and looking back at like when I was 21 or something, I'd be like, dude, I wish I tried acting like that could have been me or something, you know? Right. So really quick. So when you were younger, you did not have any plans to do acting, right? No, none at all. I didn't take any acting schools. I didn't take any acting classes. I like, I dude, as far as TV went, I only watched like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and <laughs> like Kids WB, like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. You remember those days? Yep, I remember those days. <laughs> Channel 5. Yeah, so I had no aspirations for that. But today, it's like I've gone through the motions. I've picked up some acting classes. I've actually been in a few short films and movies. And now I understand how hard it is to secure that role. Right. Like, you got to have the right look at the time. Like, you know, casting is just looking for something very specific. So maybe mm-hmm. you're as talented as you can be, but you're just not the right fit. Or, um, maybe like the people you're associated with, uh, the other party is not as interested in. And it's just like, it's like all politics at some point too. Mm -hmm. So with it all being summed up, it's like the stars really have to align for you. And it's almost like winning the lottery ticket when you (laughs) get like that role. So now going back to the story, it's like, I'm at this point where if it doesn't happen for me, I can easily say and happily say, I'm glad I tried right. because now I know how hard it is. And I've, I've, I've gone to the motions, put my best foot forward and that's where it got me, but I'm glad I tried. Exactly. It's kind of like that quote where it's, they say it's better to try and fail than not try at all. Right. Because at least you can look back and say, Hey, you know, I did it and there's no regrets. Yeah. Without a doubt. So with us leaving college and stuff now, where are you at today? Like, what are you doing these days? Uh, I mean, obviously I'm doing Winners Collective mm-hmm. and then uh, I do a couple other e-commerce businesses on the side mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So with the e-commerce stuff, is that something you thought or is that something you ever saw yourself doing like when you were going through the motions of college or is that kind of like tie in slightly or? No, man. Uh, it's a funny story actually. I didn't really know of e-commerce to be honest. Like, yeah, I did start Winners Collective. I knew it was going to be online. Mm-hmm. But when it came to like actually doing e-commerce, that kind of happened uh, through a progression of meeting people who okay. were doing e-commerce. Um, you know, obviously talking to people who were more familiar with the e-commerce side of running advertising uh-huh. and, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads and things like that. And so, you know, obviously that's people like Jason. Uh, that's people like my friend John. And so when I met people like them, they kind of opened my eyes to the additional opportunities that could come through pursuing e-commerce. Gotcha. That's cool. Like, I, I think again, it's like you're a product of your environment. That's where you're at now. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting stuff for me today. These days is I started like the online coaching business and that was actually inspired not by me, but by a 
an old hallmate actually her name is paulina shout out paulina thank you so much for like you single-handedly if you ever listen to this you have full credit you started this business <laughs> and this journey and this is where we're at today damn bro is she gonna get a commission or what <laughs> <laughs> no but she like of all the people she was she was my first client ever and I had no intention of becoming a personal trainer, an online coach or anything, but she just saw what I was doing. She knew I was just like a fitness holic, whatever you want to call it. And she just reached out and was like, can you coach me? Like, I want to get in shape. I want to get fit. Like, I want to do what you do. Right. Coach me. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, like, what are you trying to do? What are your goals? Where do you want to go from here? And she's like, uh, I want to get more fit. I want to be able to lift more. I want to be able to run faster. Like I, just basically all performance things. And then she literally hit me with how much do you charge? And in my mind, I was like, dude, what, what the, what the fuck are you asking? Yeah, how yeah. much do I charge? Like, I'm just here picking up 45 pound plates. Dumbbells, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dumbbells. And I was like, how, how much do I charge? Uh-huh. So I charged her 50 bucks for that plan. Now nice. everyone knows how, <laughs> how low it was back yeah. in the day. So she got a crazy. good deal. Yeah. She got a crazy deal, but yeah. So I worked with her, trained her. It was great. I, we saw amazing results and then like, that client gave me the confidence to kind of continue this like momentum. And I would have never thought to pursue it. I got into personal training and I realized the hour that we spend at the gym together, like if you're my client, like that's it. It just ends there. Like the amount of help I do for you, whatever it is I do for you, it's done. You go home, maybe uh, you start eating like your snacks again, or you just, you go down this like black hole of like Doritos and stuff. And you show up again next week and it's like, you only booked one session a week and like, holy shit, dude, like the next six days of the week, you just fucked up and we're, we're back at square one, maybe like negative squared, negative 500 or something. It's like, you can't out train your stuff. So with that mindset, I was like, there's gotta be a better solution for this. So then I kind of went into the online space and that's how I started doing online coaching. Got it. Got it. Yeah. With online coaching, It was just, how can I help someone maximize the other 23 hours we are not in contact with each other? And I've been working on that ever since. And that's kind of like how it brought me to the content creation side of things today. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And I feel like that's a a good industry or field to be in because you can be really efficient with it, right? Right. Because now instead of... um, trying to because when i say efficient i mean like there's technically correct me if i'm wrong no cap on how many people you can help or there probably is a cap but it's not as much as you personal training in person right because in in a in person you only have what 12 hours in a day maybe yeah. maybe more yeah and then within those 12 16 hours you can train x amount of people yeah yeah but now with online coaching I'm sure that number could go up it's, too, right? Yeah. I mean, with technology progressing today, at it, like back then we did not have Apple watches. Right. We didn't have apps like as intuitive as they are today. Mm-hmm. So I just had spreadsheets and Gmail, Google yeah. Drive and all that. Like <laughs> I'm literally using all the tools I had in my pocket, you know? Nice. And I did as good as I could. But today, like you're able to find like white label apps to create your own app. Right. And then these apps will do automation. And it doesn't sound important, but it's a huge deal to like if a client signs off with you to have automation just 
automatically sign them off where you don't have to micromanage this number. Because if you have to go through that process, if you're at like a thousand clients, there's no way you're going to remember who's doing what or what. But these days you can do that. It's automatic and you can focus on the forefront of the thing that drives results. And that is the coaching itself. Right. So that number is easily scalable and you can do whatever the heck it is that you think will scale your business, which is marketing, maybe more Instagram posts, maybe more TikToks or reels or shorts. Right. The social media space is insane in terms of organic, free, non-paid ad marketing. And it just allows you to have this bigger reach versus if you're only doing personal training, you can put 110% effort, but you're only going to be able to maximize that in like hour increments and you only have 12 hours in the day. And if you have to repeat that seven times a week, that that's harder to scale. And this is completely from a business standpoint, like just business and numbers. Cause it like, we can go on and on, like get into the intricacies of like what it takes to be a great coach. But I'm just talking from like a more macro scale. Right. Like like high level. Right. Yeah. Like how do you actually make a living off of this and Mm -hmm. how can you take it? to that next level. But on that same note with online coaching, I would have never thought I would have became a video editor. Like at one point people were like, did you go to school for this? And then I was actually hired out. Like I did pay-per-view commercials for brands before, like for video editing. And like the whole thought process behind that was initially, I just wanted to make like my content for online coaching stand out more better than anyone else. So I would research cameras. I would research like how to use video editors like Premiere, Final Cut, how to store these files, how to like chop this up, how to add music, how to cut to a beat, how to speed ramp. And all of a sudden, like I just got really, really good at it. And companies like would reach out and they would literally be like, Hey, Jeremy, we don't want you for your fitness shit, but can you do what you do over (laughs) there? Like for us. Right. right. (laughs) It just, and that like spiraled down this whole thing. Like I don't really share that with anyone, but I just started video editing for all these different companies. Like one of the bigger ones that you know of live fit. So I did a few contract works with them. I did some stuff for Kingston. I, and they like sponsored this athlete, world champion, baton weight, UFC fighter, TJ Dillashaw. Yep. Yep. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah amazing fighter but it's like dude i would have never been able to work with him if it wasn't for like the videography skill and it's like dude that was something i didn't develop in school or like sought out to like learn to invest in as a career it was more like i need this at this time i just got to do it better than anyone right and right yeah yeah that's amazing i mean i think that kind of ties into the 20 factor right because as you were telling that story it's admirable to see you know obviously you said the video editing was not something you planned yeah, but it kind of fell into your lap. But the reason it fell into your lap and you wanted to get better was because you said you were seeing other people do it and you're like, man, I can do that too. You know, I can oh, do yeah. it better. And the fact that you took the extra step to research the different cameras, yeah, research, you know, different editing styles, different ways to make a video, mm-hmm. all that stuff is the 20 factor that we discussed. It's crazy because that's not something that a lot of people would do. You know, yeah, it's yeah. because 100%. you're right. You said you were focusing on online coaching, but this is a completely different field that fell into your lap. But instead of saying, eh, you know what, I'm not going to do this. You were like, you know what, I'm going to fucking learn how to video edit, but I'm going to do it right so that I could truly learn something and help these companies that I'm, I'm working for. Yeah. Well, the intent was not even the companies. It was more like, I'm going to do this right. 
and I'm going to do this better than anybody for my business. Right, right. And it was just that mindset and the process behind that. That's what opened those doors for those companies. Like I would have never, ever thought to like have worked yeah. with like a bunch of the companies listed. Like one of the companies I did was actually a stroller company for uh-huh. like a baby commercial. Like it was like sunshades. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I, like how would have like there's no way I would have never found that that was not like intentional but like it happened like super cool right right and that's amazing too because it all ties back into what you're doing and so like even you learning that it helped you because you can now use that tool for your own businesses what you're doing every day bro oh yeah it's like that's crazy so to bring up another point now like in today's day and age like I. Th- think the most prominent thing, the easiest thing that anyone can do is just content creation. And I say that because now more than ever, like it's so accessible, like Mm -hmm. the tools that you can, or the tools that you need to make like these awesome videos are actually like just free now. Like you can find them on Google. Like if you see someone do a cool effect, you can like try to describe it on Google, search it, and then boom, you're probably going to get hit with like 10 free apps that will let you do any of these things. And on that note, I was like, you know, I think it's time where I start to rebrand myself. So I started playing around with TikTok. <laughs> I like, never thought I would be doing it, but I was like, you know what? I've always believed in videos. Why am I not doing short videos? Right, like, right. Since I'm so good, quote unquote, at like doing videos, like how have I not invested in this like medium yet? So the other day I made this TikTok titled tour of my gym right right and i just posted it up there because we have this like cool little setup here and it just started going viral and it i remember like at first it hit like ten thousand views and then fifty thousand, and i think like right now at the time of this podcast it's at seven hundred thousand views wow that's so, crazy yeah like absolutely nuts and to paint you guys a picture like this is actually just going to be like my side project and i just want to see where this goes with it because a lot of people will always ask me like how do you start a business and how do you like scale and grow it and what what do you do so this is going to be like my accountability podcast if right. you will, where I'm going to physically lay down what I want to do here and maybe uh, brainstorm a few things with Daniel right now for you guys, the listeners, and you'll know exactly what we're going to be planning. And we'll have a follow up podcast <laughs> for like accountability. Like, yeah, guys, we're, we're here. Yeah. So we'll let you know if it flops or if it goes somewhere. But I think it's a cool project and hopefully it inspires you guys the listeners to just kind of, if you want to do something, you just got to go out and get started on it. Right. Right. And so on that note, right. So for somebody like me or others who are listening, who are not familiar with content creation, I feel like the hardest part is getting started. Right. Yeah. Because something about me is that I feel like I'm a perfectionist and that's not a good thing when it comes to, I feel like things like content creation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I talked to you and even when we interviewed Ian, like it was so awesome to hear you guys' story and it's so inspiring. Yeah. And like, I came home and I was like, man, maybe content creation, you know, I should try to put myself more out there and see what happens. Right. Yeah. But then saying it and then actually doing it, that is a whole other thing because for me now, I, I kind of psych myself out. I'm like, man, what am I going to post? You know, like, what am yeah. I going to do? You know, I want to post every day, but is this going to be good enough? Or right. is this going to be, you know, captivating enough for people to watch? And so what would you say helps you in just saying fuck it and getting started? I think it's the the want. 
Like you have to really want something bad enough and you'll know it's bad enough when you start making it a priority over all of the other things you have going on in your life. Right. Like for example, lunch, dinner, those are priorities. Like everyone's got to eat lunch. Everyone's got to eat dinner. And some people like make sure they have their lunch at 11 a.m., dinner at 5 p.m., whatever. Like I notice sometimes when I get obsessed with something, lunch and dinner, not a priority. Like right. it's until I finish this goal, this, yeah. this <laughs> whatever it is, everything else is pushed aside. Like no, do not disturb is turned on. I'm not talking to my wife. Like I'm focused. I'm doing this. I'm getting this done. Right. And you just, that's how badly you have to want it. And you have to be able to like set that priority up there. At least that's my mindset. That's a very do or die mindset. Right. Right. I think if you're able to set that priority high enough and move in that fashion, you'll find a way to make time because everyone, I think the number one thing that people hear is, um, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. And the truth is no one has time to do anything. You have to make that time or else it just won't happen. Yeah. I think for me personally, it's more of like, I just don't know what to post, you know, like I just don't know. And so I think I'm at this place now where I'm trying to figure it out. Obviously we've talked on the side too. And we're like, man, we got to keep each other accountable. And you're always like, Daniel, you got to post, bro. Do do some posting. And you know, even my friend Renz, he's always like, bro, post on your damn Instagram, you know, post on TikTok. Like he tells <laughs> me that. Socials. Yeah, just keep posting, you know. And so since you brought up the whole idea of accountability podcast, this moment right here is me saying I will do better. Like you said, All I will right. do better to try to put more time and just put myself out there and experiment with more videos. Hell yeah. So let me flip that onto you and press even more to make sure we stay accountable. Sure. Oh boy, man. <laughs> How many videos a week are you going to do? I will try to do at least three, three videos. Take the try out and say that again. Okay, that's a good point. (laughs) I will do three videos. And it doesn't matter how stupid it is, I will do three videos. Three videos a week. You guys are hearing it here on the 8020 series. Daniel's going to do three videos a week. You better stay, you better stay true to that. But hey, I'm going to also give you this piece of advice too. Like, as far as content goes, like, I've been in this space for so long. I've seen almost everything done and literally all I do in my free time is I watch reels. I Mm -hmm. watch TikToks. I watch YouTube. So I've kind of seen like the gist and I'm on top of all the drama that happens in social media because I'm subscribed to drama alert. I don't know why. It's just really entertaining. (laughs) Like, no, like (laughs) shout out drama alert. I didn't even know they had that. Yeah, I know. Right. Like that's, I, I don't know why I'm so addicted to content, but bringing this back to you, if you need to produce content, I wouldn't get caught up with whether it's like high quality or low quality and stuff. Because sometimes when I scroll, if the quality is too high in my mind, I subconsciously register that as an ad, like Mm, a brand shot. This is an ad. That's a good point. I'm swiping past this. I'm not looking at this versus if it's like iPhone quality, it's almost like, Oh, someone just made this. What what are they doing here? Like, what are they, are they fucking around or is this like actually cool? What's up? It's more, it's almost more personable. And I think on that same note, some brands have actually caught on to that where they actually make their ads iPhone quality. Yeah, (laughs) I I agree. I think UGC is in for sure. User generated content. Yeah. And I think um, you hit the nail on the head. You know, people are getting smarter and they know that there are a lot of paid ads out there. Yeah. And so in order to really see genuineness and honesty in a particular video, 
it, it could definitely help to have it be user generated where it's self-recorded or recorded on an iPhone for yeah. sure. So now I'm in this interesting predicament. We're going full circle back to the, the TikTok thing because I kind of just wanted to do this for fun, but the algorithm gods just kind of came down. <laughs> like, no, I'm not even joking. Like they just sprinkled some algorithm on and this thing went viral. It's at 700,000 plus views. And to paint you guys a picture, like the average um, elementary classroom in America is about 25 to 30 students. So if you if you were a student in America, you know what that classroom size looks like. And then when you go into college, uni, that class size, like for a bio or something, is about 300. Mm-hmm. This video has 700,000 plus views with that's over, a lot yeah like it's like with over 30,000 something likes and it's yeah. like dude what <laughs> like th- those are real people right right so now it's like okay algorithm gods have gave us uh has given us <laughs> this momentum what do we do with this momentum like do we just kind of like let it seep out or do we um like shoot another video in the same style and fashion or do we now produce like a higher quality video? I think this is where I'm stuck at. So I wanted to bounce some ideas with you or even just get some accountability of like, Jeremy, this is what you need to do at the bare minimum. Do it. Yeah. I mean, if you want a professional opinion, (laughs) just kidding. I'm I'm no professional, bro. Um, But if you wanted my perspective, I feel like it's going to come to testing now, really, because I think you're right with TikTok. And this is based off my conversations with other people who do TikTok and uh, researching on TikTok for business and just advertising in general. I think the main thing is just testing a bunch of different type of content and seeing what's the most popular, because the thing about TikTok is that I've heard a lot of times the videos you want to go viral rarely go viral and the videos you don't want to go viral often go viral. I've heard that many, many times. Yeah. You know, and even for me, like I had a business where, you know, we did launch TikTok and then we released eight videos and I promise you on seven of the videos we tried, it did not do well. And on the one we were just like, eh, fuck it. Let's just try this. That one did the best. It got over 250,000 views. What the heck? And then we were just like, what the, f- bro, should we just not try anymore? You know, and and like, that's the crazy thing. And so I think for you, since you are a content creator and not a business page, you now have to be in this area where you start testing different things. Like what do people like to see? And, you know, just based off me and on TikTok, it seems like for uh, girls, there's particular videos that do really well. And you could see a lot of people capitalize on that. And Uh obviously, hop in on certain trends and things like that and it works and so there's nothing wrong with that it's just you're you're understanding the tiktok algorithm you're understanding what people like to watch and i feel like you're in that same position right now where you just have to keep testing and seeing what it is okay yeah i think that's what i need to hear too because i've like i'm I'm almost getting that it's funny because i just gave you advice and now i like I'm getting caught in my own like mental space where it's like, dude, I don't know what to post next. Do I yeah. got to post at the same time and just, you know, shit like that. But I think with where I'm at, I was like reading the comments. Everyone wants to know about the fingerprint door handle. Yeah. 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 So right, <laughs> so right on like, that, bro. Yeah, do yeah. that next. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's the next video. To yeah. Me. So you guys are hearing it here now. We're planning to do this fingerprint door handle video. Yeah. And the second part is I forgot to show a dip bar and the pull up bar. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just show that in another TikTok, and that's going to be two lined up. And I, I think I'm just going to ride 
on the comments and the interactions of people and just see where we can go on this platform. Again, this is a completely side project. Dude, imagine like five podcasts from now, five episodes from now, like this becomes like a full-time career. Yeah, <laughs> like dude, da- that's da- going to be crazy. Daniel, uh, we got to pause the podcast. I got to shoot a TikTok. Don't, don't don't say that, bro. Don't say that. With the podcast, the viewers who are listening will always be a priority. It will always be a priority. This, this is like the funnest. Th- I always look forward to Daniel coming over and be like, yo, what are we doing for this episode today? Yeah, and just spinning out random shit for us to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this is going to be like a really cool project and it's the embodiment of just doing it. Yeah. Nike said it best, just do it. Right. And I think it's really cool because with business like you said or momentum which is a topic that you brought up you never know when it's gonna happen right Mm -hmm. it could either be planned if you're lucky or it could be on accident yeah right and i feel like if you're able to have it planned then you are a very fortunate person you really are like if you can plan out your success if you can plan out a video going viral props to you man like that is insane yeah but if you're in the other boat where it was slightly accidental then, yeah. you know, you're going to have to utilize that time to try to figure out, you know, ways to keep that momentum going. And, you know, just a quick antidote for for myself where I was kind of fortunate with Winners Collective in getting a small, slight momentum uh-huh. was when I first moved to downtown L.A. Okay. So I know you're aware I left my job and I just moved to downtown L.A. Right, right. And so when I was there... I knew nobody uh, except for the person that I was uh, rooming with. Oh, dang. I did not know that. I thought like, you had a network and everything already. Yeah, no, I knew nobody, especially in downtown LA. And the only thing I knew was there is one gym that I want to go to in downtown, which is the Gold's Gym on Fig at 7th Plaza. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I moved, I was like, I need to go to that gym and I need to get Winners Collective in there. And that was my one goal that I set for myself for Winners Collective. And the reason for that was because I wanted momentum because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if I get my clothes in Gold's Gym, I can now utilize that as a talking point for when I, A, reach out to influencers, B, try to negotiate into other retailers and things gotcha. like that. Yeah, and yeah. so that plan was strictly for momentum. Gotcha. And so like I literally got a gym membership that day at Gold's Gym and I started going every single day. Holy cow. And I mean, to fast forward and tell you guys like what happened, like Daniel did get Winners Collective into that Gold's. Like I had no idea like that was, it was as simple as that. Like I want to go here, I want to get my clothes in here. But it wasn't as simple as that because there's this entire story in between. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I mean, know if you want to get into it now, I, but. I just described it as A to B, but it <laughs> yeah. was really A to Z and yeah. Daniel did all the stuff in between. Like he just, the, the goal was simple. But the intent and everything behind it, that was the intricate part. And I think that's the hard work that maybe some people were just afraid of to do. And it's like, that's what it takes, though. Right. It is. And I think the reason why I brought this up is because you're right. I feel like if I had that same mentality when it came to like content creation or something else, uh-huh. I wouldn't be in this situation because when I was in that time frame, and in that mindset, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to Gold's Gym. I'm going to talk to all the workers. I don't care if they think I'm a loser. I don't care if they think I'm annoying. I'm just going to fucking do it. And so every day, bro, I would go and talk to the workers there. And then I would bug them, tell them, hey, I have a brand. I have a brand. I have a brand. I met a lot of great people at that Gold's Gym in downtown LA, you uh-huh. know, personal trainers, other people who I just kicked it with and, and talked to while I was working out. 
And all that was because of that mindset where you're like, if you really prioritize something, then you're going to make time to do it and you're going to make time to put in effort. And it doesn't matter if you get rejected or if things don't go your way. Right. Yeah. And so that is kind of like what happened and why I wanted to share this story, because that is kind of a reminder to me, like you just have to really want something, you know? Yeah. And like I was fortunate enough because, yes, I did keep bouncing my way through like different people at gold's gym and i was finally connected to somebody it was not a a short process like that had a it was a long process a lot of ups and downs people not responding to my phone calls texts whatever but long story short i was able to get into the gold's gym which was super dope and and a really cool milestone for me but the point i want to make is that when you do go and pursue these specific side projects or goals and you know you want to have that momentum it's hard for you to kind of have like a North Star moment where you say, this is how I want to do it and I want to make it go this exact route. Right. And so now for me, like I, I'm on your boat now where I want to try to figure out different ways to reach that momentum if that original route that I wanted to take doesn't work. And I think that's really uh, apparent in business too because oftentimes when you're doing business, there might be a certain direction or route you want to go but then when you do it you find out fuck this is not working yeah yeah and then when it doesn't work you're stuck at a place where now you say fuck do i give up or do i try to keep testing and trying to figure out a way to get this handled you know yeah exactly i'm right there with you and it's so hard to just it is commit to something and believe that like yes this is the thing this is gonna work Mm -hmm. and everything i put into it is going to make this happen. Right. Because off like just like with content creation, like the sheer aspect of the piece of content not taking off, not uh, performing as you envision. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the embodiment of basically failing. Right. But then it's like what it's the most important thing is what happens after that? What comes after that? Like exactly. are you going to be able to pick yourself up and repeat this or is it time to jump ship? And if you jump ship, do you just sink and drown and just <laughs> give up or do you like hop onto a new boat and right. try something else? Yep. That's exactly it, man. So, I hope this podcast today inspires you guys to go out and do whatever it is you have set out to do. Life is far too short to not satisfy your curiosity. And to add to that here's to just all of us whoever's listening you know me myself jeremy included to really just pursuing something you want to do and saying fuck it man who gives a shit if it doesn't work out and who cares what other people say let's just do it yeah you know and i feel like sometimes you just have to keep hearing that you know i know for me and you jeremy we do that to each other every day which i'm super grateful for because i feel like it helps to have an accountability partner who's right next to you saying like Daniel, just do it. Or Jeremy, bro, like just test different content, man. Like just try different things and see if it works. If it doesn't work, fuck it, move on to a different one and and let's keep it pushing. Yeah. Yes, sir. We got this. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're listening today, what, 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 what should they do? What should they do? I'm looking for those comments, man. Like there was a couple, bro. Yeah. Dude, you guys make this podcast like we got no sponsors oh side note we have sponsorships turned on so if you want to subscribe you can do it at i believe 99 cents or 4.99 or if you really want to ball out you can do 9.99 and that would help us out like this we get nothing out of this and we really just want to be able to kind of uplift motivate and just bring a piece of us to you guys so honestly thank you so much for giving us your time and joining us for our podcast but 
I guess something special for today. Let's uh, let's do flags. Let us know where you're from okay. by commenting your country's flag in the comments on our Instagram page at Winners Collective. I like that. Yeah. Drop the flag there. We'll see you guys there. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Peace. Later. And on one final note, just wanted to remind everybody that brand new episodes are released every Monday at 8.20 a.m. And while I still have your attention, if you've been enjoying these episodes, I just want to let you know that you can actually support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. You can go as low as 99 cents for a monthly contribution and all the way up to $9.99. We don't make any money right now, but every little bit helps and we appreciate any and all support. Thank you so much.